Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. So let's get to it and introduce my guest for today. So she is a self-confessed word nerd. I love that. With a passion for storytelling and a love of exclamation marks. Me too. Yes. She's a writing mentor for women. She's won multiple awards, including being named in the top 10 personal development blogs by Feedspot. I can't go into the rest. I'd be here all day. She published her first book in 2014. And today has written 18 books. And I know that there's more to come because she signed a 10 book deal with her publishers. I mean, I could go on and on, but obviously we want to hear from you, Shelley Wilson. Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> I love doing those intros, you know. I reckon I could definitely get a job on this morning or something like that. 100%. 100%. For sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, welcome, Shelley. My first question to my guests is always, how high is your vibe on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? And why? I think I'm definitely a nine or a ten today. Ooh. Probably because I'm going on my holidays tomorrow. Oh, that uh, always helps. Yeah. So I'm in that. I'm in that holiday vibe. Yeah. And yeah, I just need my camper van is in having its MOT and service at the moment. So that's what's bringing it down one because I'm like, please uh, be okay. Please be okay. Are you going away in the camper van? I am. Yes. Oh, okay. Cornwall, so, yeah. Nice. Well, we'll come back to the said camper van. Has it got a name? <laughs> your camper van. My camper is called. Snoopy, yes. Snoopy, that's right. <laughs> Everyone I know who's got a camp van gives it a name. I love yeah, it. it's the law. Yeah, <laughs> obviously it is. Yeah, I love that. All right, so before we get into all the nitty-gritty, tell us a bit about your background, how you got to do what you do now, because I say this quite often, when we meet people, you know, to me, Shelley Wilson, fully formed writing mentor, you know, obviously that's not what you've done the whole of your life. So give us a potted history and how you end up doing what you're doing now. Oh, blimey. Okay. Well, I think like most people, I've evolved over and over. I always say that I'm a bit like Madonna, you know, like yes. reinventing myself, but without the cone bras. <laughs> so way, way back, I was in hospitality for 20 odd years. Absolutely really? loved it. Conference wow. events, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, more a bit closer Time-wise, I had a holistic spa for ladies. So I'm a reflexologist. I'm a Reiki master teacher. I used to do EFT, meditation classes, all of those wonderful things. And I ran that for probably seven years. And then I was bitten by a spider uh, and my body started to shut down. So this hobby of writing that I had in the background, it suddenly had to become my main income and to support me and my kids so yeah I had to quickly pivot as we as we all do and create a business from just something that I absolutely adore doing 
At first it was, I'd obviously got books out by then, so it was pushing the the fact that I was an author. I was blogging an awful lot, doing sort of self-help, personal development stuff and winning blogging awards, which was brilliant. So I just went to networking with a view to to sort of promote my books. And so many people started to say to me, oh, I've got an idea for a book, but I've got no idea where to start. And it was a lovely business coach who said to me, you do know you can charge for that, don't you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Giving all my secrets away. And yeah, it was one of those life sort of light bulb moments. Oh, right. Actually, can I? You know, you get over the imposter syndrome and all the self-doubt and everything, don't you? And that was how I became a writing mentor. And it is exactly that. It's mentoring people to get the idea for their books out of their head and down on the page. Because if you don't know how to do it, where do you start? I muddled through myself obviously I did a lot of workshops and went to London and did a lot of courses I've got a fantastic community and network of writers and bloggers who have helped me along the way so it was a way of me to pay it forward I guess as well and build a business from it as well. Well that was going to be my question before we come on to the mentoring people because you said obviously people don't know where to start and you know I've got well I was just going to say I've got this vague idea to write a book and it only just happened in the last about nine months. I'm just going to segue now. I love a bit of a segue. Love it. So there was, I've never wanted to write a book. Yeah. And then I was driving to Sainsbury's and I just, I, I know exactly where I was. These things always happen to me. I was going around the little island to go onto the petrol station. And this phrase came into my head about your why your brain isn't your best friend or how to make your brain your best friend. Immediately followed by another voice, we're deep in the woo here, aren't we? <laughs> Saying, oh, I think that's the title of your book, Dawn. And I, I was literally sat there going, oh, but I don't want to write a book. But that <laughs> is the title of your book. And I thought, well, I'm going to write a book. And then I, I put my petrol in and I went to meet my friend for coffee. And I was like, oh, just so as you know, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> And she's like, of course you are. So obviously I will become one of your clients very soon. I've tabled it for next year. I don't want to get distracted. But it's funny, isn't it? And I know, you know, I meet a lot of people that say, I do want to write a book. Yeah. Or they've got a book in them. So first of all, how did you, I know you said you like did some courses and stuff, but when you first had an idea to write a book, did it strike you at Sainsbury's petrol station? You know, how did you decide? And then what did you do with your first book? can hit you like that it really can now I write non-fiction and I write fiction so the inspiration can come in all different ways so the non-fiction side was very much based around the fact that I was running this holistic health spa and it was targeted at that audience so very much how can I help them be the best versions of themselves with all the tools I know and I've been trained in but with the fiction I might be walking down the street like you've just said and characters start talking to me wow. and I'm like oh, hang on a minute. oh what did they say oh where are they who are they what's your name yeah and if you do you look like a mental person like standing there like talking to yourself but you know as I say to my kids I'm not staring into space I'm working <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the inspiration can come from just a snippet of even an overheard conversation you yeah. know if you sat in a coffee shop and you hear somebody chatting about something you it can spark the most incredible ideas. And what I'd normally say to any of my clients when they say they have that, oh, this title's come fully formed, which is brilliant, yeah. is just grab yourself a notebook, a nice big pink notebook. Yeah, of course. Dump, dump all your ideas, everything around what that sort of idea has sparked and yeah. just see what happens. 
and that's exactly what I've done actually so um I still journal onto paper but I am a remarkable you can't you see are. I'm showing my remarkable <laughs> it is the greatest thing I've ever greatest gift I've ever been given and I've just opened up a folder on there called book and then I just keep dropping things into it which is you know really good yeah. so so you wrote the non-fiction first based around what you were yes. doing as a living. And have I heard you say that you started with putting all your blogs basically into a book? Yeah, the first non-fiction book was a blog to book project. So I, back then, obviously working in the spa, a lot of my clients were coming to me going, I'd like to do X, Y, Z, but they just haven't got the time. They haven't got the energy, all the usual excuses. And I would say to them, right, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And put these tools and strategies in place for them as, as well as trying to make them feel better. And I used to sit back and go, gosh, I'm giving all this advice out and I'm not taking my own advice. You know, I've wanted to yeah. be a writer since I was eight years old. Why aren't you sorting it out? So I thought, right, I'll start blogging. That's easy. It'll get me into a bit of a regular rhythm had no idea what I was doing I literally googled how to write a blog and the next day I had a blog but what I did was because it was the 1st of January 2013 I thought right I'll make it like a resolution challenge and I'll do one resolution every single week for an entire year and I'll write about it so I had 12 new year's resolutions all broken up okay and every single week there was a different challenge for me to do and I just started writing about it. And, it, yeah, you know, it's not beautifully written. It was literally the good, the bad, the ugly. If I failed, I told them. If I succeeded, I obviously, you know, they celebrated. But I started to get some incredible feedback. And this was from people that were reading it, like, across the world. And I was like, hang on a minute, I'm just, I'm this single mom with back fat and grey hair sitting away at a kitchen table, you know, like typing away. And people are listening to it. And it was just, it blew my mind. It really did. At the end of the year, a journalist friend of mine had been kind of dipping in and out and watching it. And he was the one that said, you do know you've written a book, to which I was like, no, that's the plan. That's the goal. And he says, you work in mind, body, spirit. You've written 12 chapters. And it was just this, oh, my goodness, moment. And it took a lot of editing and tweaking and it different you know the way I worded it and phrased it so in a blog I'd put in a lot of photographs but in the book there aren't photos so I was mm-hmm. going to read that it's still my best-selling book today all wow. these years later. yeah it was just a non-fiction never even registered with me you know saying I'm going to write a book was fiction that's what yeah. I wanted to do never yeah. even thought about it and yet non-fiction is my biggest seller selling job wow so of the 18, it is 18, isn't it, that you've it's written 20. so far? What's the split 20, then between? Oh, 20, oh my goodness, it's 20 readers and oh, listeners, it's 20. Oh my goodness, so of the 20, I like that because it's a nice round number. Yeah. What is the split between fiction and non-fiction? Pretty much 50-50 actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One When I signed my contract with the publisher for the 10 books, they asked for five fiction, five non-fiction. So it kind of just, it yeah. was easy. And I used to alternate it so for a long time I was doing two books a year and then it went to fiction non-fiction fiction non-fiction for the rest so is there a this is a bit like a favorite child question <laughs> it, is there a, have you got a favorite out of those two or are they just completely different is it like comparing apples and oranges it's a, it is a brilliant question actually because I think although the non-fiction brings in more royalties I love writing the fiction okay. because I'm all about escaping reality and world building and on all that kind of thing and because I write for a, a bit of a younger audience as well with my fiction I get to almost be a, a kid again you yeah. know like, like go back to being like coming of age stories and all of that kind of stuff so that's quite nice 
but yeah I've, I've, have I got a favorite book in each of those I think I probably have with my fiction I know one of my favorites that I absolutely adored writing was The Last Princess which is my Viking novel the research was just brilliant yeah. absolutely brilliant and I guess the non-fiction is it probably would be that first book because I mean it's called How I Changed My Life in a Year and it really has changed my wow. life um, and opened so many doors for me and it's still available now is it it is yeah yeah and yeah in audio as well as paperback and ebook brilliant so what I loved when you said there was that the non-fiction if I got this right the non-fiction brings in the more royalties yeah but the fiction probably edges out in the terms of joy although you do enjoy yes. the other and yes. as a business I love that because I often say to people you know you want that kind of sweet spot between the value that you can give the joy that you get and the profit obviously because yeah. you know I meet lots of people who are doing great things but you know not charging or not making yeah. their money so I love that you can satisfy all of those and get the that value joy profit thing really going in the two sides of your business yeah it took a while for me to click that with them with when I was self-publishing which is how I started it was always oh I must put it at the lowest possible price because you know as we do and when my publisher were like you know this is going to be 9.99 and I'll be like oh it's very expensive I don't bat an eye now because I don't bat an eye when I go into Waterstones and pick a book up I don't even look at the price if the cover's got me and the blurb's got me I don't even look so yeah you're absolutely right the value that I was giving deserve to have that price tag as well and yeah it took me a while to get there but now I don't you know when I'm doing fairs and events and people go how much are your books sometimes mm-hmm. I might shave a little bit off as a special offer because it's a, an event yeah but nine yeah. times out of ten it'd be like that's how much it is and 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 I stand by that and no one's ever queried it and they don't because it's internal isn't it I know that you know from coaching people it is internal and it's like you know the first time you sell at that higher price if you put your prices up and then it's like oh well that's the price now and then the next one I was somewhere the other day and they talked about obviously depends what you sell but if you're selling kind of high ticket packages for instance once you've sold five at the high price then cut the price up uh, and I really like that because it really yeah. challenges you because immediately like could I do that you know but I mean I think about when I started coaching and I was charging one price and now I'm charging a different price and I know that will continue to evolve because part of that is because I'm evolving and so of course I'm a better coach now than I was 12 years ago and I charge appropriately yeah so, absolutely yeah I really love that so how did the mentoring piece then come in when you started helping other people to write their books so that again it was a weird one for me because it's all my I think thinking you have to have qualifications and everything yes, don't you? you can't yes. do this without being a but qualified xyz and so people were coming to me going I don't know how to write a book and I could literally say oh right give me an hour yeah and we'll yeah. get that idea and we'll brainstorm it and they would literally leave at the end of that hour with an entire roadmap for them mm-hmm. themselves they could go off and write their book with all the strategies in place and they would say to me, oh, my goodness, that was just like the best hour. But for me, it was like, yeah, but I'm not, you know, I don't, what do I know? Uh, yeah. And it was a game, my coach going, you've written like 20 books, whatever. You can't, you know what you're talking about. So getting in out of my own way was the biggest issue. But once I did, now I've realised, again, I had a bit of a moment where I was like, well, I don't edit. I'm not an editor mm-hmm. and I'm not a formatter, so mm-hmm. I can't publish books. So why would people want to come to me? 
again, it's I've niched it. I've found where my superpower is. Yeah. My bit is, you know, if I was talking to you about your book idea, we'd map it out. You would know exactly what your chapter breakdown would be. You'd know what you were going to add into all of those, those golden nuggets, those hooks, those call to actions. And you could just go off and write it and it's almost like a tick list. Yeah. And I could support you through that. And then at the very end, when you've got your drafts and you're ready to go, I've got the contacts then to go, this editor would suit you perfectly. Yes. This is how we can publish it. And when I realised that, I thought I don't have to do it all. I just have to stay in my lane and do my bit that I'm really bloody good at. <laughs> yeah. Of course. And that makes complete sense. Again, from a business point of view, you know, when I'm speaking to people, it's like, okay, you don't have to be all things to all people. I think sometimes when we start off in our business journeys, maybe we think that because, you know, we all want to get the money and we've got to pay the mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, people quite often approach me for like different types of coaching. And I'm like, as much as I get on with them and I'd love to coach them, I'm like, that's not actually my sweet spot. But, you know, I know loads of other coaches who exactly. are for you and you know they can it's because for me it's about them getting the yes. right advice the right coaching yeah. the right coach at the right time yeah yeah so it yeah. sounds like similar sort of thing for you yeah. and I love but, collaborating so yes. I, there's a lo- loads of book coaches and mentors that I know who work in very different ways I was talking to a fabulous book coach the other day on zoom and just saying you know I only work with women and she was like oh I prefer men and I was like well there you go so yeah. between us you know yeah, there's, there's exactly. work there. so it's yeah. fab love that so you're mentoring now you do lots of different things so you do one-to-one and you do some workshops as well don't you and you've got your lovely planner so tell us all about those things. oh I love my planner although it just it's making me laugh so much so this planner was like it was just a joy to put it together actually a bit based off the five-day challenges that I do and the workshops but in in that book format so that people can take it with them and do what they need to do so I did it myself for one of my books to check that it was all right and everything and then sent it out into the world and it's done really well I've sold loads of copies and I've had great feedback from people but what makes me giggle the most is when I'm on zoom with half of these people that have bought my planner they'll go oh I love it it's just the best thing in the world and then they'll show me their notebook (laughs) and I'm like (laughs) a minute and they're like oh no I can't write in it it's too nice to write in so I'm writing it (laughs) <laughs> I totally get that so I asked you for the pdf version didn't I so I could have it on my remarkable but I've still got it it's on my bookshelf there so I'm like oh yeah that's my planner I would totally be the same I'd never be writing it it's like when I've got some note- notebooks that I just I will never write in because I'm just yeah, like too nice. somebody bought me like a leather bound Deadpool um oh, wow. it's hardback it folds really lovely it's got like a raised Deadpool um yeah. character on it I'm like I'm never using that notebook ever <laughs> it's, it's just there and I'm just like nothing is a special that can use the Deadpool notebook so yeah and then so and then you do some classes as well yes workshops. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I used to do workshops a lot before before Covid was a thing so it was quite nice this July actually yeah, this month to to get back out and start doing those again again very much what's in the planner what I do want to one but it was a bit more group work which is nice because the energy I mean you'll know with your high vibe live events the energy in a room can be magical can't it yeah so yeah there's a lot of as I call it blue peter work (laughs) (laughs) we get the post-its out we get the pens out and it's a lot of fun so that's nice so it was good to do that I think because of the nature of what I do it can transfer to zoom as well because I've got a lot of people that aren't local that have asked me to do that so It's a case of just getting out there and helping as many people in as many formats as I can. But the one-to-one's nice. I do like my accountability clubs. So, yeah, that's it's always quite nice to see 
them progressing I've got one lady who's very close she's just got her proofs through the post so I was saying to her you must do an unveiling video even if you don't share it you have to do this so she messaged me to say she'd done it (laughs) oh I love it I love it so what do you think the biggest misconception about writing a book is or you know if you're a person not a non-author at the moment and you think oh I really want to write a book what do you think either the biggest blocks or biggest misconceptions those people have got I think the biggest block 100% is time yeah Um, a lot of people say they don't have time and I get that because it's a big project when I quiz them about that I'll always find time because you know myself I can watch friends rerun a million times over but that's time that you could be spending writing So that ties in closely to the mindset and motivation. And I think that's quite a big part of the mentoring that I do. Yes, I help them by, you know, feedbacking on their actual prose and the narrative and all of that stuff. But the biggest blocks are often in the head, which you find with your coaching as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think time is the one that blocks most people and that motivation, keeping it going. You know, you have that massive excitement at the start. I have a lot of people that do my one-to-one like power hour. So they get going and then they're on their own. Yeah. And then they'll rebook it like three years later to get going. And what they're missing is that accountability, that bum kick every sort of month to say, right, send me your next chapter, send me your next chapter, which is where the accountability is really important. Yeah, I can see that. No, you can't. And I think sometimes because it would be quite, for most people, a long project. Yeah. You know, you've got to, to keep that excitement and motivation going is quite difficult and I think about when I said I was going to do my podcast it was great because the guy who does all my editing and stuff he we were having regular meetings and he was like okay you need to do this by this time and I think naively when I thought about doing a podcast I was just like well you know just do the podcast (laughs) what else is there to do but particularly like starting it from scratch he was like right we need a three-month leading you need x amount of episodes recorded and you need to choose music I was took ages to do that and then you need to have your cover and you need to have this and you need to do that and it was great because we were meeting he'd be like okay so by next week you need to have done one two three and then I could do it and we could move on because I've got the date in mind that I wanted to launch and I wasn't prepared to alter that and so it kept me on the straight and narrow so I think like anything accountability is huge it is it is massive and I know a lot of the clients I work with want to go down the self-publishing route but I'll still get them to set a deadline for yeah. that exact reason otherwise you're there forever yeah of course by the end of this year we're going to get that first draft done you know they freak a bit but then I work out the calculations right if you're going to have x amount of words and we're going to get x amount of weeks we can break this down it's not such a big project when you think about it in smaller chunks like Um, anything isn't it really when you're right let's say you're writing I'm going to say a fiction book because I'm guessing there's lots of research and they're much more involved, I would imagine, than writing a nonfiction. What would like your typical day look like, for instance? Oh, gosh, that's a great (laughs) question. The first would be to go straight to the nearest coffee shop, (laughs) get a really big latte. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think if if it's a brand new idea, there's a lot of pre-planning work so there's a lot of brainstorming a lot of with fiction especially you've got your character bio so it was like who are they who's my main character 
what are their wants and needs what all the basics like you know what are their eye color how high how yeah. tall what do they like doing digging into them and finding out who they are I think once I've been writing for a long time I get to know these people more than I know my family sometimes yeah. I'm that close to them and it's yeah it, there's kind of that process it's always evolving so there's always ideas there's always as you were just saying they just pop into your head don't yeah. they and that might be a scene or a setting or um, a name and you don't quite know who that belongs to yet is it good is it bad and it's a massive jigsaw puzzle that puzzle that you're kind of slotting together mm. um, I do all my planning paper all right of it. okay and then once I'm ready to write the manuscript straight onto my laptop but yeah they, I guess it depends on where what stage I'm at with the writing as to how my day would go yeah. and I do love the planning and the outlining bit because it's it reminds me of Christmas Eve you know the anticipation yes you kind of know what this book's going to be about but you're not quite there yet so it's just it's an amazing feeling and then once you get off and running and it's yeah and then when I read my books back I'm like oh my god did I read that's that far I bet yeah and do you so would you kind of set yourself like every day I'm writing x amount of words or x amount of time or what how does it I'm sure it's different for everyone but you know how do you do it yeah, yeah. It needs to be, it needs to fit around you and your world. So I'm a single mom, but my three kids are all over the age of 21. So they've yeah. got lives of their own. So I'm on my own a lot. Yeah. So I could write at night if I wanted to. But the majority of my writing, I get done at the weekend okay. when the, the kids are out, they're out doing their own thing. And I've got the house to myself and I can curl up on the sofa with the cat and just write. Um, obviously go away a lot as you know yes. in my camper van yes. so uh, that is I take my laptop take my notes with me and just sit on a beach somewhere and brainstorm or write if I've got bad weather because I tend to be in England so <laughs> just I'll just write and sit in the camper and write and watch the world but yeah the it's finding what works for you and what sits right for you if you're obviously married and you've got little kids who haven't got as much time as I have so it's finding maybe couple of hours on a Sunday morning every Sunday is your writing time and you stick to that's absolutely fine but I am a bit of an as and when and it's interesting you said about head off to the coffee shop because I'm thinking about myself now I was gonna say if when I write my book and yeah. <laughs> um, I don't imagine it's like when I'm writing content for my events for instance I don't sit at my desk I don't sit in my office here I ha- I go out not necessarily out of the house but into a different room because it's more a creative thing so I'm thinking I wouldn't want to be like okay well I'm sitting at my desk because then it feels like work yes it's yeah yeah, I think I'd need to either do that coffee shop thing or find my writing space yeah Um, yeah I've written a lot at my desk which has been absolutely fine but the the one the last princess my viking novel I wrote the entire thing in Starbucks not in one sitting it was like yeah over, over many weeks and months but yeah <laughs> it was I don't know why I couldn't write that at home I had to be out and about and just take it and just set up camp and just type and it yeah. just flowed out of me there yeah uh, and yet my non-fiction I could sit at my desk no problem yeah. and write there yeah, yeah I love that it's so Snoopy did Snoopy? you get Snoopy like with the was it because of the writing and you got that in mind or was it for something else or and it just all dovetailed to, to dovetail together he has been on my vision board for 20 years bless wow. him. so way back before I had my kids I had a 1975 bay window right and oh my god he was a nail loved him but he was a nail you could see the tarmac through the holes in the floor <laughs> my eldest son who's now 25 he was a baby when we got it right. and so he's had a few trips in him but then my ex-husband sold it on, probably why he's an ex, but <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, when you're single and you've got kids, yeah. you've got everything else on the expense. I just couldn't do it. So yeah, 20 years I've been doing vision boards with a camper van on. 
Okay. And then it was probably yeah start a lockdown when mm-hmm. we're all at home like what do I want out of life all of that kind of thing one of my very best friends had her driving license taken away from her because she's horrendously epileptic mm-hmm. so her whole world was turned upside down I lost my lovely auntie way too early so there was lots of those moments like what am I doing with my life mm-hmm. you know my kids were older I'm single so what am I going to do? What am I just going to sit here and wait for life mm. to find me? I was like, no, I need to go out and find life. So I just had a look on a few websites and I found Camper King, which is close to where I am in Banbury. And I kind of Googled, like I'm looking, and it was between the lockdowns when we were allowed to go out, but we yes. had to sanitize and stand everywhere and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, she rang me and said, I've got one in the shop. It's just been converted. I think you'll love it. Do you want to come? And I'm like, I'm there. When do you want me? Mm. Um, and I took my dad because I can do the pretty bits, yeah. but my dad needs to do the mechanical bits. But yeah, I walk around the corner and he, so he's white. Yeah. The wing mirrors or ears, as I think about them, um, are like a real deep bottle green, but from a distance, they look uh, black. Nice. So he looks like Snoopy. The yeah, middle, yeah. Like, it, it just looks like it. Snoopy. Um, yeah, it was love at first sight. So yeah. And oh yeah, it's just the best investment I've ever made. Yeah, I can... Now, I'm not a camper, definitely not a camper, but I could kind of see myself maybe in one of those. I hope my husband doesn't listen to this because he's like desperately wants one. We met some people who run like you can hire them out to go on yes. holiday and stuff like that. And they're, they've all got names. They're all after yeah, yeah. Flintstones. <laughs> um, and he was like, oh, my God, we should totally do this. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, not really sure so maybe I'll have to have a little go in yours and then I'll see what I think I like uh, I like my creature comfort so I'll always get electric hookup because I need my straighteners yeah of course (laughs) definitely definitely right we can't talk about writing without talking about chat GPT now we'll just call it chat won't we because it's so much easier to say (laughs) and I guess in your industry you know there must be a lot of fear around oh my god are are we going to writers are going to die out or whatever because chat's (laughs) going to take over and you know I'm sensible enough to know that's not the case but what are your thoughts on it and how are you using it if you are in your business So, yeah, I don't use it for my book writing at all, but I do use it in my business 100 percent because I think from an inspiration point of view, it's just mind blowing. It's just absolutely brilliant. Depends how you feed your prompts through. Uh, If you can be as specific as possible, it can really throw back some fantastic ideas. And I suppose from a book writing point of view, if you were doing nonfiction business based book and you maybe wanted to brainstorm your chapter titles you could put in what the chapter's about and ask it for a a title for that particular chapter or even the book I think that would probably turn out some nice ideas Mm. always retweak rewrite you know don't take it and copy and paste it because there's so many phrases now that I'm seeing that are so chat totally hey folks yeah yeah chat chat loves the hey folks yeah Hey folks and landscape everything's on a landscape yeah so yeah from an inspiration point of view I can see it being really good I did see in I think it was the writing magazine or one of the one of the ones that I subscribed to there was an article about them having to put out an apology because certain articles or certain stories in the competitions had been written using chat Um, and gone through the filters so I think they're going to have to a bit like the dissertations for the uni students and college assignments and school assignments they're going to have to gatekeep it. Uh, and I, I hope nobody thinks if I just put in this is my idea for a book that they can churn out a book because no, absolutely I think not. not. No. 
100%. And yet I see so many adverts going, write your book with chat. And I'm like, no, yeah, no. Stick to inspiration and ideas, but you can't beat human creativity at all. Yeah. And I think you're right. I use it for inspiration. It's great for those mornings when I'm just like, I just don't know what to write. I've got a vague idea, but nothing's coming. And I'm just staring at the blank word page. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about this. Give me some ideas. I'm like, right. Okay. Let me, let me go for it. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're on the, it's not the end of the world side. No, no. I was, oh my goodness, this is just the worst thing in the world. But I think having 20 year olds in the house, yeah. So my eldest, my 25 year old, who's like, Mom, seriously, you know, get with the times. Yeah. And he's kind of showing me it. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay. And he was the one that kind of turned me right. into, you know, more curious. And yeah, yeah that, that's all I have been. And I, I know you know this, but I've been asked to talk about chat so many times since yes. I started to work out what it's all about because a lot of people are frightened to death of it or they they haven't got the confidence to use it. So it's quite nice to just stay curious and keep tweaking and learning and, oh, right, okay, what's this? And the prompts, obviously, I find prompts all the time. And I'm like, God, that's brilliant, that is. I would never have thought of that. So, yeah, just stay curious. And oh, we might have to have you back to talk completely about ChatGPT because <laughs> you write is about what you put in and the prompts and stuff, yeah. and I'm kind of creating my own little prompt bank as well. So yes. um, yeah. maybe that's an idea. I just had another idea for another part. <laughs> so obviously being a coach I'm all about change transformation that kind of thing how would you say you've changed the most in the last 12 months oh my goodness do you know I don't know whether I have changed in a business no, that's a lie actually I was going to say in a business point of view but I have mm-hmm. so for me it's been a massive twist in my health recently right so, uh, my menopause exploded last year coincided with me throwing myself down a flight of stairs and breaking my ankle so last year was a write-off and but it kind of triggered that I've got to sort myself out I've got to be I don't want to be feeling this way anymore so I worked with the most amazing nutritionist and she has literally sorted my health my mindset the whole thing and I think when you do that I think the business stuff it all kind of happened at the same time I started to feel better I started to get more visible and I started to put myself out there. I went back to networking. I was showing up. I was chatting. I was engaging and I got inundated with all sorts of opportunities and asked to talk, asked to judge, asked to do X, Y, Z all over the place. You know, my calendar's full now, but in a good way. And I'm meeting some amazing people. So my business is getting in front of them as well. And the books as well, you know. Yes. Although they're two separate things. I'm an author and a writing mentor. They complement one another. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, but it's, it, it can be a bit tricky in marketing. Like, I've got my author hat on today or have I got yes. my mentor hat on? <laughs> yeah, but they do dovetail together, don't they? And you can see how that happens. And it's interesting you say that about, you know, your thing was down to nutrition, basically. Yeah. And I often say to people, this I don't know who said this, but it's the phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. Oh, and often when people come to me, I'll be like, we look at a wheel of life and look at the different segments and go, okay, so which is the segment that's going to have the biggest impact over? overall yeah. you know because I'm a big fan of not working on 11 million things at once it's like <laughs> right let's work on one area and then we can go to another area but which is the area that will have the most impact and quite often for women in business it is the health and fitness piece yeah yeah and I know that's true for myself when I'm feeling on top of my game I am in peak physical well, peak for me peak yeah. physical yeah. condition makes me yeah. feel in peak mental condition um, you know and I think it's super important to actually look at that you cannot give your best to your clients yourself your family whoever if you're not feeling your best yeah. 
and it's not selfish to put yourself first in that respect I say to people you know it's like they're fitting your own mask first on the plane yeah you've got to you've got to look after yourself first before you can look after and serve all these other people so I'm not surprised to hear you say that and you do look absolutely amazing (laughs) oh bless you thank you so much I'll pay you later Right, so my end of my podcast is always the last word. So this is where I ask my guests their last something or other. Can be lots of different things. So understandably for you, first (laughs) one, what was the last great book that you read? So that is a really tricky one because I read so much. But the one, in fact, I haven't finished it yet. So the one that's kind of really impacting at the moment and I'm really enjoying is called Stolen Focus. And I can't for the life of remember who it is. No, uh, so I've heard a lot of people talk about this and I can't either. I think yeah. I've actually ordered it from Amazon. Yeah. It's probably it's on the shelf brilliant. there somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. What's the what's the basic premise behind it? And why do you it's think it's kind of just I think it's it's how our mindset, it's all the mindset stuff. It's what, you know, when we're not present. Yeah. I mean, just the opening line is talking about going away with his a nephew, I think it was and how he's missed the whole trip because he's been on his phone yeah and oh my goodness you see that all the time don't you and I think as a writer I'm a people watcher because that's where I get a lot of inspiration and character inspiration especially so I will sit in coffee shops and I will just watch and the amount of friends and families who are just sat there just not talking and they're all on their phone yeah so I think that's what it was that hooked me in and like I said I've still got a lot to it'll be going on holiday with me so I can finish it but I'm definitely if I have an audit because I think that's about the fourth or fifth time that I've heard about this book so and I love anything like that so I'll get that to read on my holes in a couple of weeks and what was the last greatest place that you went in Snoopy oh my goodness okay (laughs) so well I'm going to Cornwall tomorrow but I've obviously haven't done that one yet so but I am looking forward to it one of the favorite places for me to go is up Northumberland uh, Bambra I absolutely love going up there probably because I was doing a lot of the Viking research while I was there but it's just the most amazing beautiful place and my daughter came with me on one of them we drove over to Edinburgh so I went over to the Scottish border which was exciting (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I made her take a picture of the Scottish flag as we went over the border Uh, but yeah it was just anywhere that's really far so I could just listen to my tunes (laughs) (laughs) brilliant oh no you've touched me on something else there I love being in the car on my I'm like that four-hour road trip you say that's a four-hour concert (laughs) featuring me yes here we go or listening to podcasts Spotify list (laughs) yeah or listening to a podcast and then I get really cross if people call me when I'm in the car so I'm like damn it I'm trying to listen to my podcast not my podcast but a podcast brilliant well thank you for joining us today and sharing loads of lovely information I definitely think we'll have you back and do a chat GPT special focus <laughs> we're going to put your details in the show notes and you've got a fabulous Thank link you. tree link with all your different things on that yeah. people can find you so that would be lovely and I would encourage everyone to connect with you follow you on social media you do some great social media as well and you know get one of her 20 books people <laughs> and so that is it from us today I'll be back soon with a brand new episode. And remember, in the meantime, to keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. 
Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high. Bye.